please remain standing. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But we confess our sins. God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all evil. In humility and in faith, let us confess our sin to God together. O God, the waters of faithfulness run deep, and we have been afraid they will overwhelm us. The fires of your spirit burn brightly, and we fear we may be consumed if we display too much enthusiasm. We retreat to safe places where we hope to avoid challenges, conflicts, and uncertainty. When we shrink from risk, we miss much that enriches life. We fail to notice your amazing activity among those who respond to your leading. Free us, we pray, for daring service. In Christ's name, amen. God always hears all our prayers, including the one you just, we just said, and have forgiven us from our sin. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. Let us affirm our faith together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and seated on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now let us greet one another in Christ's name.
Good morning. Welcome to worship here at Church of the Palms. We are so grateful you are with us tonight on this beautiful, beautiful January Sunday morning. We just got a call from a text from Lori Haas, who is up at seminary in Minnesota. <laughs> it is five degrees there, so we'll keep her in our prayers. Lots of good things happening here. We would love to know of your presence. If you wouldn't mind filling out the friendship pad and that way you could know those folks who are sitting near you. And more importantly, perhaps welcome them into our midst here after our worship, perhaps invite them over to uh, the tree where there will be coffee today. <laughs> Boy, did I hear about it yes last week. <laughs> Coffee got out just a little late, and boy, that's a Presbyterian crisis. <laughs> so we promise coffee this morning. Cross your fingers. Great news. Last week, we began our new format, and uh, everybody just uh, did so well. And most of all, we had an overwhelming response to our classes being held between the hours of uh, the first and second services, and we're grateful for that, such that we had space problems, and we're gonna have to move some rooms around today, so if you will take note of the uh, room assignments that are in the bulletin, uh, I think beginning on page 10, you'll note the Sunday announcement, the Sunday assignments for the rooms. A couple rooms had to change so that we could have more space for the classes, hallelujah. So that's good news, so, and that is also an invitation for you that perhaps you didn't weren't able to join us uh, at the uh, uh, last Sunday to come and be a part of that experience. Lots of opportunities for you to learn and to grow in your faith, to be further equipped as disciples of Jesus Christ. So we are grateful for that opportunity and hope that you will take advantage of that this morning. Uh, Dr. Minky Brown will be installed this afternoon. This is a big, big deal for us, and Peace River Presbytery will be on hand to install her officially as the Associate Pastor for Congregational Care here at Church of the Palms at 3 o'clock this afternoon. You won't want to miss that. Come and join us here in the sanctuary for that very, very uh, special time in the life of our church. At 5.30 this afternoon, there will be an adult class here in the sanctuary on the Chronicles of Narnia taught by myself, and we invite you to come to that as well. In two weeks, we will have our Mission Expo. Actually, there'll be several events going on during that week, and we invite you to take note of those announcements on page 14 and 15. Big time in the life of our church to reflect upon all the mission partners that we have throughout the world, and uh, you won't want to miss uh, all of those events as they are outlined uh, over those pages. We are ever so close to our target for our budget for 2013. The session meets tomorrow night to review our budget for the year, and we are grateful for those of you who have participated, and we are ever so close to accomplishing all the things that we want to accomplish, and so we are thankful for those of you who have participated and those of you who haven't. Pledge cards are still available, and uh, we look forward to a great year to come. We celebrate with Dottie Specht, who turns 90 this coming week, so a shout out to Dottie, and for, to Clint Terry's sister, Dorothy Van Sulten, who worships with us, who just yesterday turned 100. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let us continue our worship. Let us join our hearts and our heads 
and our minds and our fellowship together as we pray. Sovereign God, we're so thankful for this privilege of meeting together as your people to worship you. We magnify and glorify you. We earnestly seek your will and your way. We desire intimate relationship with you, Lord. We come in wonder and reverence, but we also come confidentially and confidently because we are your children. And as we reach out to you, you we know are already reaching out to us. We're captivated by your love and by your amazing grace. It goes far beyond our comprehension. But not only in this sanctuary, but as your church in everyday life, we pray you'll touch us with the spirit of your presence, not only through our worship together, but in our call to love one another. May the joy of knowing you fill all of our hearts and overflow out to others. We pray for all those who are a part of this wonderful community of believers, those gathered here this morning and those uh, who are coming later and those who are in our community. We celebrate each other. We're deeply privileged to be members of your church as we grow individually and in relationship together in shared purpose and vision and service for your kingdom. Lord, we want to be a church after your own heart and we want to be concerned about those things that are of everlasting importance. So we pray that you'll bind us together in love and in following of your will. Make us faithful in our witness and in our relationships. Help us to take hold of the opportunities you offer us each day for service, for caring, for mission, for ministry. Make us welcoming and hospitable, we pray, and ready to reach out to anyone in need. May we live peaceably in our homes and our communities and help us to live respectfully with our differences. Give us the strength and wisdom to live as you have called us to be and help us to look upon ourselves as you do and find within others your spirit and your image. Teach us humility and forgiveness, we pray. Gently remind us to take our focus off of ourselves and focus instead on others. If there are resentments, please remind us to release those resentments and remove our stubborn ways. Help us also to forgive ourselves and thank you for your willingness to forgive us when we don't deserve it. We pray for those who are bound by circumstances and we pray that your compassion will be new in their experience every day. Give us grace to deal with those who are not as fortunate as we. Give all those who are struggling and hurting strength and hope and healing. You came to a world of broken people and we pray you'll transform them and us and we will reach out to everyone in love and bear their burdens. We trust you and we're grateful for your faithfulness. So may your word touch each of us today as Pastor Steve speaks to us. Meet us where we are, transform us, we pray, to reflect the character and example and the focus of Jesus. And we pray all of this and that prayer which Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now may we present our tithes and offerings before the Lord.
Father, may the tithes and offerings we present be like seeds planted in your garden, nurtured, growing wisely to the spread of your vision and your kingdom for us. We thank you for the givers, and we thank you for the one who grows the seed. And we pray that you'll bless it to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Now we're going to invite all the kids to come forward and uh, come on and come all, please. There we go. pre-K and kindergarten choir who made it over this morning. So this month we are talking about determination, which is finishing what you've started, even though it's not always easy. Last week we talked about Noah, who built a huge boat for God. And this week we're learning about Moses and the burning bush and his shoes. I've got some interesting shoes here. How many of you have ever seen a big hunting boot like this before? Awesome. This will protect you from all sorts of things out in the wild. I've got a soccer cleat that helps my daughter run fast to chase the ball in a soccer game. Some of you play soccer. And I've got a fancy painted flip-flop for evening attire. <laughs> Who's got a favorite pair of shoes they want to share with the group? Gavin? Lucy? boots that I got for Christmas. Ooh, awesome. Any other Christmas shoes? Uh, these ones. Okay. Our special friend has some favorite shoes. So um, I do have a special friend to help tell our Bible story today. Welcome, Moses. Please join us. We're going to make some room up here for Moses. <laughs> you never know. Okay. Miracles happen. So Moses was out tending some sheep in Midian, and all of you guys are going to be our honorary sheep today. So I want you to give us your best ba ba. Okay, let's hear it. Ba. Who else? Who else? Ba. Okay, let's try it as a group. One, two, three. Ba ba. All right, that was pretty good. You guys maybe are some wayward sheep. Moses is going to have his job cut out for him today. So Moses is out minding his own business, tending his sheep, when all of a sudden, out of the corner of his eye, he sees a burning bush. <laughs> Moses does a double take because this bush is on fire, but it's not burning away. It was an honest miracle. Moses had never seen anything like that before. Then something even more strange happened. God started talking to Moses out of the bush. Moses, take off your shoes. You are on holy ground. <laughs> Moses, I want you to go to Egypt, talk to the Pharaoh, and tell him that you're taking all of the Hebrew slaves out of Egypt. So what do you think that Moses had to say about that? What do you think Moses answered God when God told him to go to Egypt? Anybody? 
No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I think someone up here has read this story before. <laughs> or maybe you felt like Moses probably knew what Moses probably felt like was that he was probably really scared. Moses said to God, well, why me? Moses was a stutterer. He already had had some run-ins with Pharaoh. He had lots of excuses why he wasn't going to go to Egypt. He didn't talk very well. He was really busy tending these sheep that didn't really want to do what he wanted him to do. So God said to Moses, Moses, I will be with you every step of the way. With your determination and my power, we will lead my people to the promised land. Moses, I want you to put on your shoes and go to Egypt. So the important thing for us to remember is that to do the right thing, to follow God's instructions, we need to have determination. It's not always going to be easy. But we also can trust God that he's going to be with us every step of the way. Pray with me. God, thank you for the strength and the courage to listen to you, to follow your word, to finish the race that you've marked out for us. And this, this we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's all go to kids' worship. Thank you.
You may be seated. Our scripture this morning comes from the gospel according to Luke, the third chapter beginning at the seventh verse. Hear the word of God. John the Baptist said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warns you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, well, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the ax is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, well, what then should we do? In reply, he said to them, well, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. Even the tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, well, teacher, what should we do? And he said to them, collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, and what should we do? And he said to them, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming, and I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And his winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, John proclaimed the good news to the people. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. We thirst for good news, O oh God, and give thanks that we can be in this place at this moment such that we would hear this word and pray that the words to come will simply reflect that which has just been read and even more point to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ. For we pray this in his name, amen. <clears throat> Anyone who knows college basketball knows two things. First, that should they win today, Michigan will be ranked number one in the country. I'm sure I have just jinxed them. The second that thing that anyone who knows anything about college basketball knows is the name John Wooden. John Wooden was the coach of the UCLA Bruins back in the 60s and 70s. His teams won 10 NCAA basketball championships and at one point 
they had a win streak of 88 games. No teams have come remotely close to either of those records. Wooden built his success on a very clear understanding of the fundamentals of the game. Not just how to pass and how to shoot, but more importantly, how to play as a team. How to discipline yourself as a person so that you would contribute to the success of the team. His mantras included, discipline yourself and others won't need to. One never scores without acknowledging a teammate. A word of profanity and you sit for the day. Treat your opponent with respect. For Wooden, there were things that mattered and there were things that didn't matter. Discipline and teamwork mattered and pretty much everything else didn't matter. One of the rules of the team was no long hair and no facial hair. Remember, this is the 70s, the decade that spawned the Broadway musical called Hair. At the beginning of one season, though, the star center of the team, Bill Walton, perhaps the best player in the country, walked onto the court for practice with a beard. It's my right, exclaimed the phenom. Wooden asked if he believed that strongly. Walton said he did. That's good, Bill, the coach said. I admire people who have strong beliefs and stick by them. I really do. And we're going to miss you on this team. He pointed him to the locker room as he whistled the team to practice. Walton went to the locker room and shaved it off. Teams matter. Beards don't matter. Wooden and Walton remained like father and son until Wooden died at the age of 99. Some things matter and some things don't matter. Professional golfer Jeff Sluman had played himself into contention at the Bay Hill Invitational Tournament several years ago. After the second round, he was five under par. He went to bed feeling good about his chances of winning the tournament, and then a nagging thought entered his brain. When he had put his ball into the water on the 17th hole and then hit his next shot from the tournament-designated drop zone, while it had been the rule to do this, he realized that it actually had put him closer to the hole than where his ball had fallen in the water and had put him at an unfair advantage. He woke the next morning and convened the rules committee. And the rules people told him that hitting his ball from the wrong spot was not his fault. It was the fault of the tournament. No penalty was necessary. It doesn't matter, said Sluman, what the rule is. What matters is we play fair. Sluman disqualified himself from the tournament. Some things matter and some things don't matter. So we turn the page of Christmas this week and in Luke's gospel that means an immediate introduction to John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus and the announcer of the new age. The voice crying in the wilderness, making straight the pathways of God. Bear fruits, John says, worthy of repentance. The time has come where some things now matter and some things just don't matter anymore. It doesn't matter whether you can trace your family tree back to Abraham. It doesn't matter if your parents and your grandparents went to church. It's a new day. It's a new age. He says some things now matter. And some things no longer matter. 
And so in the crowds, the hands go up because they want to know what matters now. Tell us, Prophet John, tell us what matters. What, what kinds of things are going to be on the test? Well, says the prophet, say, for example, if you have two coats or two pairs of shoes or two Sunday outfits, look for someone who doesn't and make sure they get what they need. If you have a cupboard full of food, make sure that no one else is going hungry. The tax collectors even came and said, well, what about us? What matters for us? John, and the prophet said, well, don't take more than what you're supposed to. No lining your pockets, no getting rich at the misfortune of others. The soldiers lined up and asked him the same thing. What matters then most for us? And the prophet said, don't misuse your power. No shakedowns, no extortion. Be satisfied with your wages because you see, said John, the Messiah is on his way. He is soon to take the stage and he brings his winnowing fork. Now, everyone back then knew what a winnowing fork was. It was the tool you used when you were taking in grain from the field. The grain from the field brought with it the unnecessary covering called chaff. It was the protective coating on the wheat that is inedible for humans. And, and farmers knew how important it was to separate the wheat from the chaff. The winnowing fork was what you used to cast the grain into the air, and the wind was to blow the chaff away. The psalmist in Psalm 1 says that the wicked are like chaff that the wind drives away. So the Messiah comes with his winnowing fork, John says, to, to separate what matters from what doesn't matter, the wheat and the chaff. Now what is surprising in all this, as Luke describes it, is all this is called good news. With many other exhortations, he says, John proclaimed the good news to the people. Good news? Really? Somebody's changing the rules. Somebody's making new demands. Somebody's calling the shots about what matters and what doesn't matter, and you call this good news? I mean, isn't it good news when I don't have to make a choice? Isn't it good news when, when you can have your cake and eat it too? Isn't it good news when it's all pain, no gain? All gain, no pain. Isn't it good news when it's all about me? Isn't it good news when I don't have to really care about anybody else? How can this line in the sand, how can this come to Jesus meeting, how can this message of the prophet be good news? Well, maybe because... Life has a funny way of turning things that don't matter into things that matter. Life has this funny way of, of turning the trivial in our minds into the treasure. Truth is, life gets filled with lots of things that don't matter, doesn't it? I mean, life just doesn't get filled with those things. Life, life is often driven by things that really don't matter. You know what I'm talking about. We have this tendency, don't we, to fill up our lives with things that don't matter. 
to fill our checkbooks with things that don't matter, to fill our time with things that don't matter, to fill our worries with things that don't matter, to fill our conflict, conflicts with things that don't matter, to fill our brains with things that don't matter, to fill our conversations with things that don't matter. And then over time, all of a sudden, the things that don't matter for some reason become for us things that matter. We grow used to them, they become a part of us and we can no longer distinguish the things that matter from the things that don't matter. You undoubtedly have heard the story of the man who got a ticket to the Super Bowl. It was a very good seat and so he's sitting there about the 35 yard line, the game has just begun and between him and the next guy is an empty seat, an empty seat to the Super Bowl. So he says to the guy on the other side, he says, boy, gee, I wonder where this guy is. And the fellow says, well, actually, my wife and I bought these two seats for the game a while ago, but since then she died. Oh, I'm so sorry, says the man. After a few seconds, he says, but, but didn't you have like a friend or a member of your family you could invite to the game? Oh, that's the problem, said the man. They're all at the funeral. <laughs> some things matter and some things don't matter. But a lot of time, we have a hard time distinguishing between the two. But there do come those clarifying moments, don't there? You get a call in the middle of the night that someone you love has been in an accident. And when you hear the word accident, you know there is very little that matters except that your loved one is alive and is going to be all right. I read an account not long ago of a family who was, whose house was struck by a tornado and within a second the house was disintegrated before them. The pictures showed the mom and dad and children huddled in a circle holding on to each other. And the mother said, all that matters is that we have each other. I told you before wrapping the family car when I was 16 years old, wrapping the family car around a telephone pole on Christmas Day. Our family who had been inside the car were now all in the emergency room with broken bones and head injuries. As I sat there, this little 16-year-old kid, the magnitude of what I had done was quickly overwhelming me. My father looked over at me and said, Steve, nothing else matters except that nobody else got hurt and we're gonna be all right. It is good news when you learn what matters and what doesn't matter. So the prophet and the Messiah take center stage with their crying voice and winnowing fork and they say, we've got good news. There are things that matter and there are things that clearly don't matter. There is wheat and there is chaff. Life is not a random exercise. Life is not a game of survival of the fittest. Life is not dog eat dog. No, they say, life has meaning. Life has purpose. Life has within it things that truly matter and things that don't matter. There is wheat and there is chaff in all of us, they say. But behold, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
And the kingdom of heaven is that place to which we are invited to discover all those things that matter. The kingdom of heaven is that person who invites us into a community where it is less about us and more about everybody else. A place where when someone scores, someone else gets acknowledged. A place where we never put ourselves at an advantage over others. A place where we discipline ourselves so that others won't need to. A place where nothing matters but that others don't get hurt and all end up well. That all end up well. Don't you think that's what Jesus was trying to say when he talked about the Son of Man returning with the angels and how the sheep would be separated from the goats, the wheat would be separated from the chaff, and how for all of us that will come as a big surprise, Jesus says, that it mattered so much to him, it mattered so much to him that all would be well, that when he, we help the least of these, he says, it is as if we were helping him, that when we gave food, it was like giving food to him, that when we gave drink, it was like giving drink to him, that when we clothed the naked, it was like clothing him. When we welcomed the stranger, it was like welcoming him. When we, when we took care of the sick, it was like taking care of him. And when we visited the imprisoned, it was like visiting him. This is what matters, he says. This is the wheat, and the rest is chaff. All must be well. It helps to explain that on that Good Friday when Jesus, the Lamb of God, is hoisted up onto the cross, taking, himself, taking upon himself the sins of the world, pleading for the Father to forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. It helps to explain that when the chief priests call up to the cross and yell to Jesus, come on down, Jesus, save yourself. It doesn't matter what you're doing up there. It just doesn't. It helps to explain why Jesus doesn't come down, why he takes the penalty, even though the rules say he doesn't have to, why he bears the sin, because the good news is it does matter. It matters a great deal for what he begins he finishes. It is finished, he says. And this is the good news, that all shall be well.
Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. This broadcast is coming to you from the Sanctuary of Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida at 3224 Bee Ridge Road and is presented live each Sunday morning at this time. Church of the Palms is a Presbyterian Church, USA. With the beginning of the new year comes many excellent opportunities and studies that are offered throughout the week for your spiritual growth. Past Watchful Dragons, Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. in the sanctuary for six weeks through February 10th. Dr. McConnell will lead us in discussing The Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. If you'd like to learn more about the spiritual themes of these great books, join us. Movie clips will be shared. And you don't have to have read the books or seen the movies to find this class helpful. When will the world end? And other big questions that arise from the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is one of the most discussed and most misunderstood books of the Bible. 
It also contains some of the great spiritual truths and comforts of God's Word. Dr. McConnell opens up these questions and leads us to wonder what those messages might be. A study of hope will be held Monday, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. in room 209 for 10 weeks, beginning February 11th through April 29th. Experiencing Christ's healing love. Trevor Hudson's new book shows how Christ can transform personal pain and sadness into channels of love. We'll discover what causes pain and how we can learn from it. There are no classes the first Monday of each month. A class called, I'm Glad You Asked, or Questions Christians Hope No One Will Ask. Wednesdays, 6.12 p.m. to 7.12 p.m. in room 206 for 10 weeks, January 9th through March 20th. And during this quarter, we will answer some of the most common questions asked by non-believers, such as, is there really a God? Can we trust the Bible to be true? How can a good God allow pain and suffering? We'll discuss how we can have friendly conversation about our faith and share our own personal faith story. Just a couple of additional items that are worth noting. Dr. Mingi Brown's installation will be held this afternoon at 3 p.m. here in the sanctuary. And the Suncoast Band will present a concert here in the sanctuary January 27th at 3 p.m. Tickets are $5. Next Sunday morning at 9, we'll bring you another live telecast from the Sanctuary of Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. Presented locally on Comcast Cable Channel 189, as well as streamed around the world, live on the Internet. This is Jimmy Lance. Until next Sunday at 9 Eastern Time when we return, may the peace of Christ be with you and yours. Enjoy this day, this gift. God's good morning.